What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of Bipolar Beats Beats. Today I want to talk about my first encounter with a, um, a, a medical professional um, on my road to discovery about being bipolar, having PTSD, and all that jazz. So uh, my very first encounter with a professional for myself was uh, about five, six years ago. I, I had flown out to LA for a very good friend of mine's wedding. And so I'm hanging out in LA and I'm at the wedding and I go to the wedding, obviously. And there's this professional there who's a behavioral specialist. So I get to talking to her about that because I'm, I'm really interested in that in general. And we could talk about that later, but, but I'm really interested in that stuff. And I ended up, well, speaking with her, of course, being the nice doctor that she was, she ended up asking me about my stuff. And, you know, her being a person who likes to help people, she wanted to talk to, be about, talk to me about my issues, quote unquote. So I'm here with this lady uh, at this party, and she's a very good family friend, so I didn't have any problem speaking with her. Um, and I end up telling her about my dreams about these loss of control dreams. Now, my dreams are pretty <clears throat> pretty on the regular. Uh, they, I have these dreams though about, about losing my family constantly. Um, and I don't know if that come, I don't know where that comes from, but I have these weird dreams where I'm in my everyday life, but my family's gone and there's an urgency for me to find them. Um, we could be at the mall and, uh, you know, like just at the mall doing normal stuff, buying cinnamon pretzels and, and getting Dairy Queen and stuff. And then I'll turn around and my kids are gone, you know, or my wife is gone or I can't find them in a crowd or, or I'm chasing them, you know, from destination to destination. And every time I get somewhere, somebody goes, Hey man, yeah, they were here a minute ago, but they're gone now. And these dreams that were reoccurring were really, really stressful. And I think with the anxiety part of it, you know, the anxiety is the result of the, the actual dreams. And so I'm down here talking to this lady and I describe to her what happens and I describe to her, you know, some of the stuff that I've had to deal with in my past and, and growing up in just a weird environment because of my mother being, you know, what I believe to be fully bipolar. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we'll get into that later, but, but, you know, growing up under that and then growing up under basically, you know, whatever boyfriend she had at the time that ended up being, you know, whether they were a dick or whatever, you know, and, and so I tell this lady about all of this stuff and I'm, and I'm like, kind of like, you know, I don't get it though, because, you know, I have a great family and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that and be successful and push forward. But but I'm tired and I have these dreams and they stress me out and it causes weird anxiety. Um, and this lady, the very, this is the very first time I've ever really talked to a professional about this kind of stuff in my adult life. And this lady looks at me and says, you have PTSD. Now, first of all, me being me, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I didn't really see how that could be possible. And I told her that and she looked right at me and she goes, you think that you've never, that you don't have PTSD because you've never been in the military. 
And to be honest, you know, I didn't know anything at that time about mental stress, about anxiety. I didn't know anything about PTSD. And I said, yes, I really believe that it's impossible for me to have an issue because there's no, there's no issue. There's nothing there that could have created this. And she kind of giggled a little or chuckled. And she said, you know, you don't have to be in the military to get PTSD. Now, I didn't know that. I really didn't. And I'd heard other stories. Once I learned what PTSD was, the, you know, post-traumatic, anything that's bad that's happened to you and the stress from it, I understood more and I was able to understand more other people's stuff too. But for my own sake, at this moment in my life, I didn't understand that. So speaking to this very nice lady while I'm at this party, and I'm only down in California for a few days, so I get this all turned out, and it kind of sparks something in me. You know, I ran back to my home, I ran back to Cleveland, and I told my fiance at the time, who's now my wife, and I said, hey, this is what this, this professional told me. I said, do you think this is true? And she was like, you know, I don't really know, but it's possible. And, you know, we spent some time talking about it. Now, this did change my life. It put me on a course of, of extra, it, it put me on a course to work harder. Because to me, you know, associating me with something that was completely associated today with, you know, with the military and my family being military, I didn't want that to be at the time. I didn't want, I didn't want to be stamped with something. And then, you know, people, and, th and that's sad that I've had, I've had multiple conversations with people where I've been able to tell them and express them to this, Hey, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And the first question they say is, Oh, you were in the military. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. Why do you say that? And it's because other people are so uneducated about what PTS can be or is that they don't, they don't understand that this can happen without being in the military. And, and that was a big thing because not only did I not understand that, but once I spoke to other people, they didn't understand it. And it showed me how really, I guess, ignorant I was to the subject. So this is my, these, I want to do segments about meeting the doctors and going through with them because I've had a, a few, I've had three or four, I believe, if I remember correctly, since I saw this woman. And I'm not saying that she was my doctor, but she was the first, one of the first healthcare professionals that I sought the advice of. And uh, that's what it was. And so what happened was, is, you know, she told me and she goes, she goes, you have these problems with this. And I said, yes, I have anxiety in the weirdest moments. You know, I could be driving at high speeds. Um, I could be just working in the yard and I have these weird, you know, episodes of just anxiety and I don't know where it comes from. Now, again, for me, being who I am, growing up around the people that have gone through insane stuff, having friends, most of my friends are in the military now or, you know, ended up becoming law enforcement and they're all gone now. I don't speak to any of them. But when I was younger, I surrounded myself with those kinds of people. And to see all this, to see all my friends accomplish things and go on with their lives and stuff and have me sitting here with this issue, I really didn't want to believe it. 
Now, again, if you're just chiming in, this is uh, Bipolar Bits, and you know I'm, I'm here to talk about my experiences and my knowledge and what I've gained for myself and self-reflection and meditation to help you guys out, and I hope you know that some of this helps somebody um, because it's very, it's very confusing, and uh, that's what we're here for. So this is, again, the first time I've ever dealt with this professional and the first thing that somebody's telling me, which just kind of tilts my entire world. So it didn't bother me that she told me this in a sense where I was like, well, you know, I don't want to be one of those people, but it did at the same time because I was very hard and accepting that I could be one of those people. I didn't understand because I've got 10 fingers, 10 toes, and I've never, you know, I've seen people get hurt before, but it's not like the stories that I hear that happened to my friends over in Iraq um, or that happened for any of the stories that I hear from other gentlemen and, and women who have been over there. Um, and, and for me, I was very confused because I didn't want to be stamped with something that was so closely related to something that I respected and loved, but had nothing to do with me. And I had this very weird stigma that, oh, if, if I say this to people, they're going to think that, and it's true. You know, again, I, I already said this, but I've said it to people and they go, oh, so what branch of the military are you in? And I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not in the military. You don't have to be in the military to suffer from post-traumatic stress. And again, I didn't believe that for a long time. So this would in turn change my life to the point where I would go home from this trip and to, to change myself, to, to, to really accept and not, and to, to not want to be, you know, linked to this, adopted to this. I decided that I was going to self-help myself and figure it all out. Oh, excuse me, the yawns. So in doing all this and deciding what I wanted to do, I came back from my trip and I became a yes man. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to nuke, no pun intended, my anxiety away. I wanted to get rid of anything that I felt that might, you know, be keeping me. And I wanted to become a yes man. And so it did, I put down all of my personal stuff. And it was really crazy because this this year, this year that this happened, the year that this happened, I put down my personal interest. I put down my my training. I put down my martial arts stuff. I put down, you know, video games and all that jazz because I didn't want anything to do with anything that was making me who I was at that moment. I wanted a change and I wanted a drastic change. And uh, one of the things that this woman had told me, she goes, if you don't seek professional help, you're going to hurt your children. Like as in your children are going to suffer from this because what she said, and, and it made sense was when I, cause when I get depressed or when I get sad or when I'd get upset or I'd have these dreams, I wouldn't want to be around anybody. I'd lock myself away, do my work, you know, work on a project, whether it was learning this program or learning this program, or I'd write, you know, whatever I'd be writing at the time. Um, and I'd steer away. I would, I would delve, like jump into knowledge. I would jump into education. That's, that's all I knew how to do when I felt shitty was read. And that's what I would do. I would read nonstop. I would learn about new things. And, and that's something my wife has always told me that I've been into, but in all honesty, it's, it's a big default for me. I enjoy it when I feel good, but I also do it when I feel bad because I don't want to waste time dwelling. So 
This lady tells me I have PTSD, that, that I need to go get fucking professional help. And instead I run home and I become a yes man. Um, I started taking my dog for walks every day. Uh, you know, which I should have been doing already if you're a dog owner and we'll talk about that later. But, but yeah, I started hanging out with my dog more. You know, I started taking my kids out to the park every day. If it wasn't raining or there wasn't anything to do, we would make, we would make, make effort to get them out of the house, to get them to the park, to get them to go fly kites, you know, to go to the mall, to buy Dairy Queen shakes. Even if we were just walking around the mall when it was cold outside or whatever, it didn't matter. Me and my wife, we went through, we went out of our way to do extracurricular activities. I mean, we just had tons of stuff that we were doing with them. So I've got this new vantage, this new viewpoint on life. You know, I come home with this lady. I refuse to believe what she's saying. And I refuse to acknowledge and accept this. And in my refusal, I turned it, I turned that angst about refusing into something positive, you know, like I said, by getting the kids out of the house, by going out with the dogs, going out to parties, any social event we could go to, uh, our good friends here, um, they would invite us to parties all the time. And we made sure to hit every party. We would take the kids with us and, and they were great hosts. But that's what we did. We became extremely active. Me and my wife started lifting at the Y together. Uh, we started taking the kids up there to go rock climbing all the time. And just there we were with all these positive, positive vibes and positive things to do. And again, these are struggles. Um, what I was trying to do was bury this. I didn't want to see it anymore. I, 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 it was not, this was not the man that I wanted to be, a depressed, sad guy. And, and that's not who I wanted to be. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, there were some days where I wouldn't feel good and my wife would have to take the kids to, you know, birthday parties, but I wouldn't attend because I just didn't feel good. But I didn't care anymore about that. I, I destroyed all that. I got rid of it. I stopped fucking caring about what I cared about and I did what I had to do no matter what. And that made, this, this made a huge, huge difference in my life. It, uh, it really helped my family. My kids' grades all went up. You know, everything got better for them. Uh, we were happier. My wife and I, we started communicating more. And that's a big thing, guys, communication. We're going to have an episode about that here coming up shortly because of some other stuff that's happened to me recently. But communication is key in everything that we do. Um, so anyways, so there I was, I do all this stuff and I'm, I've become this yes guy. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. And, uh, I'm running around with my family trying to accomplish as much as I can, um, in a, in a 24 hour period. Um, every day though, every day I try to do that, you know? And of course with me being me, uh, I had tons of, uh, I guess hobbies or things that I would do, you know, playing piano, playing guitar, drawing, doing uh, Photoshop work, uh, photography, everything. And so, so I'm getting my kids into all of this, you know, and now my kids, my kids have been involved with music for a while now. It's been quite some time. My son is quite the pianist. He plays the piano better than I ever have. And I've always wanted to, but I've never done it. You know, it's going to be another, it's a goal of mine to get started with that. And here was my, you know, here's my son and my daughters playing the violin you know, my other daughter's an artist by, by, that's what she's always wanted to do is draw and she's doing amazing. And so here I am, you know, here I am with these, 
with these wonderful kids. My kids are looking great. They're happy. You know, they're having fun. Their mom is, is doing better. Our relationship is a thousand times better. And then something weird started to happen. I started having panic attacks. And looking back now, in hindsight, what I feel started this was basically, even though I was still having these stressors, or I had these stressors, I had these triggers that would make me upset, would make me deeply, deeply fucking depressed. And so here I am with these, with these issues, with these, these things that are triggering me. And it was totally weird because these panic attacks would onset at the weirdest times. Um, we were at my sister's baby shower, you know, and I'm there with my photography kit and that me and my wife have recently, you know, had recently got because we were trying to get into photography, um, and start a business with that kind of stuff. And here I was, I'm taking these pictures. We're having a great time. My entire family's here. My kids are having a blast. I'm having a blast. Um, we were at some rec center and, uh, I'm sitting there taking these pictures and all of a sudden I have a panic attack and I'm like, wow, I don't know what's going on with me. I couldn't breathe. My face was all tingly and weird feeling. And so I rush out of the room kind of discreetly, you know, get out of there, get out of this big party room that we're having all these people hanging out. And I go around the, the center and I find a closet that's open. And uh, I stepped into the closet, I closed the door and I cried. I just cried. And I had no idea why I was having a great day. You know, I was doing work. I was where I wanted to be. I'm working with my family. I'm having fun with my kids. And here I am. I'm having this crazy, crazy panic attack for no fucking reason. And so, so I had been, like I said, I'd been going a year and these panic attacks had slowly creeped into my life where I would be sitting there and something would trigger me, whether it was an emotional song or just maybe something that reminded me of my childhood or a dream that I had had about losing my family and it would just completely tilt me. And, and it was weird. It was so weird because when you think of yourself the way that I do, when you work and strive to be a certain way, the way that I have my whole life to live up to a standard, to toe a line, as my father says, one way or the other to get things done and work hard. You know, I learned to work hard from my mother. She, I watched her, you know, write business plans. I watched her, you know, stay healthy and try to stay in shape all the time, even though she was bipolar. I also saw her do the terrible things that, you know, she probably shouldn't have been messing with. But, but for me in my life, right then at that moment, when I was in this closet, you know, I didn't understand because my life was great. My life is great. You know, I love my family. I love my wife. I love my kids. They're a blessing from the almighty of whatever you believe in that I just, you know, I had this great opportunity. I had this great family, but I was having these weird, weird panic attacks. And what would happen is, is I would cry and it started, you know, and it was just weird things that would trigger me, but I'd randomly just start crying. And it, and it was like very upsetting, you know, and it's normal for people to be upset and it's normal for people to cry over things and stuff like that. But being at my cousin, my cousin, my sister's ba uh, bachelor party. Oh boy. Being at my sister's baby shower, 
I didn't feel that this was a necessary time for me to feel this way, that I should have, that I should feel this way. And it, it's kind of true. And I believe that honestly, I should never have felt this way. Even though I was having these panic attacks, I shouldn't have been having one right then and there at such a happy point in my life. So, so even like, as I'd come home, as I said, I was trying to be a yes, man, I was trying to be active, you know, I was running again, well, I guess as, as much as a big tubby guy can run, I was running, I was working out. Um, but again, I stayed away from people. I did my thing. I worked hard for myself to focus and, and I spent all of my time, I spent all of my time, uh, just dealing with my family. If, if, you know, if my kids wanted to go to build a bear, I took them to build a bear. If they want to go to the park today, we took them to the park. I never said no to anything that they wanted to do. Um, we constantly were out and I, I believed as a man that I could kill this anxiety by surrounding myself with positive, positive vibes, positive things in my life, spending time with my family, investing in my children, teaching them. And I, and you know, I spend my kids, you know, they, they've learned how to fight. They know musical instruments. Um, they play chess, they play checkers, they draw, uh, they produce music in Fruity Loops. They do a ton of stuff. Um, you know, and, and again, I thought I could defeat this alone. Anyways, it turned out that I couldn't. It turned out that these weird little panic attacks that were getting triggered, unless I was completely distracted with something, completely engrossed in something, it was possible for this stuff to happen. Ooh, excuse me. Even at these personal family times where I thought that everything was fine, like the baby shower, and then here I am in a closet crying like a little baby. So that, uh, that was my first year of basically denial, trying to say, Hey, I don't have PTSD. There's no way you can, you can tag me with this. I refuse to believe it. I'm a bigger person. I will defeat this alone. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And you can't tell me shit that, that I can't do it. And again, my life changed drastically, but I was investing all of my time into my family, all of my time into my wife, all of my time into my business but I forgot to take care of myself. And that was a big thing because of course these, these panic attack things would catch up to me at the weirdest times. Anyways, if you're just tuning in or, you know, you, you're just checking this out first, this is bipolar bits. Um, I, I want to express all these stories and, and this was my first story you know, to help you guys, I, I want you guys to see how long it takes. This, this stuff was going on for about a year after I saw this lady in California for about a year. I believed that I could work through this stress by burying that stress, burying what was happening, burying it deep inside me and working, doing what I know I needed to get done. But the problem is, is that as a lot of mentors have said, just because you hustle doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. Because if you don't have a plan, if you don't have an action sequence, if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to get screwed. And having these pit stops where every once in a while I have to stop, cry, be upset, then fucking meditate and figure out why I was this way was not helping me. So after a year of being a yes man, after a year of having some of the most activity, most, most like, 
just being active all the time with my family, not just myself. I'd already gone to the gym, you know, been going to the gym and stuff, but, but I'm talking about going out with my family, going out with my wife constantly. And we, you know, like I said, we started working out together. We started reading together. We do everything together because again, I knew where I wanted my time to be invested and I didn't want to give my time to any of this depression. Um, so I went a year, I went a year, like I said, doing this. And, uh, when I had these panic attacks, you know, like I said, I finally had this big one, uh, at the shower, the baby shower. And I said, and I looked at my wife and I said, uh, you know what? I think it's time that I go back and seek help from a professional again. And I'd really like to do something that's going to help my productivity rate and help get me up to snuff so I can work that much harder for them. Anyways, guys, that was my first encounter with a quote unquote medical professional, um, as an adult and as being an un, un, at this point, I'm not diagnosed with being bipolar. I've only been told that I have PTSD and, uh, it was a big shock. You know, it was a big shock. Anyways, I'm going to cap it right there. We'll get into the next episode where I'll continue to speak about some other stuff. And, uh, thanks for checking in.